What's up, guys? Welcome to the Night and Puzzle Podcast. We're back here. This is Vinny, and I got Naeem here. What's up, man? Yo, yo. What's up, buddy? You, I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Really good. Yeah? Yes, We're, yes, yes. Um, looking forward to our people listening to this episode of Darkroom Sessions, for sure. Yeah. Man. For sure. Yeah. Who you got today? Today, we've got Noemi Chavez. Uh, and she is a Latina pastor, friend of mine. Very cool story. Met her several years ago. I can't wait for people to kind of get the context of this and then especially what she's talking about. So looking forward to it, man. Yeah, well, let's do it. Let's just jump right in. Okay. All right. Well, guys, I am so pumped that today I've got my buddy, my friend, my Latina sister, uh, Noemi Chavez uh, in the house. thank you so glad to be with you so we were talking earlier and we know each other for oh my gosh six seven years now right yeah at the very least i would say and we met at a a mosaic uh, mosaic network conference i don't know where but i will never forget uh meeting you because you're the first person that didn't just buy my book you were like i need you to read uh your book to me (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i mean you know when you meet the author of the book like why not have a little reading session right i had decided some time ago that um if i had a a book in my hand and i got to meet the author that i'd be like you want me to read your book to me you want to want me to read your book you're gonna have to read your book to me (laughs) and i just created this fun little hashtag called um when the author reads to you and um I've gotten some pretty cool people to read to me and you are on the top of that list, my friend. <laughs> it's funny because I posted the picture. I still have it on my Instagram feed. I think yeah. I'm going to look for it and post it because it's you and me sitting there and I'm reading the book to you. So it's hilarious. Yeah, we're, we were in Texas. We were in Texas. That's it, Texas. Yes. Uh, but uh, man, since then, uh, I've gotten to know you and your family a little bit. You were down here in Charlotte at Mosaic Church uh, speaking, and I think you spoke three years ago. It's been three years, right? Yeah, it was about three years ago, around this time too. Yes, yes. So, all right, really quick, tell uh, our listeners what you're doing right now. Where are you? Yeah, so my husband and I pastor in Long Beach and the greater LA area. We've been pastoring for close to 15 years, and um, we, we have We've church planted and we continue to church plant and work with church planters and we love uh, serving the kingdom and just getting to connect with people across just the board of faith, right? Like interdenominationally connected and love to see what God is doing everywhere. And yeah, in the middle of a crazy year, like everybody else and doing our best to, um, to see God move in the ways that he's. Uh, whispering into our city and into our hearts right man so uh, your ethnicity is i am mexican yeah i'm and, mexican and my husband is uh, from el salvador well we were both born and raised in the states but our, our heritage both of our parents are from his parents are from el salvador my parents are from mexico okay and so do you uh, born and raised in california or yep both of yeah. us born and raised in la Wow. Wow. So you've seen LA like through all of its things, right? All, all of it. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. We were awesome. born in this, in the set. I'm 42 and Josh is 46. So um, we've seen LA go through quite a few beautiful and painful transformations, but I, I love it here. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So I've been doing these sessions and we talked about it earlier before the before this recording about the whole like green room versus the dark room sessions, right? So let's just jump into it, right? If, um, you know, one of the things I love about you is that you are very authentic. I mean, you've got a fire in you, which I love. You, um, you have a great personality. Um, and I'm so glad that we just be able, we've just been able to just, um, I don't know, we've been in the same, feels like we've been in the same circles. And so uh, getting to know you uh, through that, um, I know that, that you are going to really speak into this, uh, this session, this, uh, these, this series, this podcast. So let's talk about the dark rooms, dark rooms, dark times. Uh, so let's, let me ask the first question. First question, okay? First question is, um, what is the biggest struggle that you thought that, well, not the biggest struggle. What is the one struggle that you thought, you know what, uh, in ministry, I probably wouldn't struggle with this, but you, that, but it surprised you. You're like, oh, wow, I do wrestle with this. I do have an issue with this. Do you have oh my to, gosh. To, yes, okay. I do. Oh my, that's such a great question. Okay. So like I told you before, we've been pastoring for about 15 years and yeah. In all these years, I have a lot of friends who, who shepherd churches and we love those relationships. And we've sat and talked with so many of them. And um, throughout the years, they've shared with us like, oh, you know, this family left our church or this leader, um, you know, decided to, to go to another place and lead or they got hired elsewhere. And, and they've been in so much pain because of these shifts of, um, you know, people who were attending faithfully and now found a new place to to worship and I would see like the frustration and you know the resentment the sorrow and I'd be like what's the big deal like they're saved like they, they can they could just go to another church and serve Jesus like we've got a we we've got a big ocean to fish from like and because I think we have had the privilege or the honor of just having some incredible leaders step up every time people would leave our church I'd be like okay yeah. they're season they're gonna go and they're gonna be excellent somewhere else but we've got people stepping into those spaces and yeah. I would always be like I'm never gonna be um like bitter or angry or frustrated about anybody leaving my church I'm always gonna celebrate it I'm gonna be like good go serve Jesus and <laughs> And hopefully you're leaving us better than what you arrived. So you're going to be a blessing wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I've always felt that way, honestly. And it's been very freeing for me because in the church, there are always moving pieces, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you in 2020, because of the uncertainty, because um, there are so many things in question, because the strategic pieces of moving forward were changing for everybody. Um, when people who were on our teaching team or in our worship team or in different lead parts of ministry mm -hmm. from when the church was in the building were leaving um, because they were moving away or because they found a church that was already fully open and they wanted to go in and, and be inside of a building or because they got hired and somebody discovered their gift and was like, hey, we'll pay you good money to come work for us. Whatever the reason was, as a matter of fact, most of those things I would have celebrated, especially the being hired for more money. Like, I'm not even mad at you. You got to feed your kids, yeah. get the job, like go and be a blessing. In this season, good Lord, what on <laughs> earth? How, how am I 
feeling sad and 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 afraid and angry and feeling like uh the local church feels like a jenga right now and these moving pieces yeah i would not have moved that piece because right this thing's gonna crumble like you know right the extremes as leaders that our minds could go to when we're under stress and under so much transition and so much change i'm i'll be honest with you i never in my life thought that i would be so deeply hurt or saddened by somebody leaving my church mm. and in this season i'll tell you naeem it's been real it's yeah. been real like the empathy and compassion in my heart has grown <laughs> for oh people who, who for, for for my brothers and sisters who are leading churches who have felt that in the past and i was just yeah. like let it go let me tell you these are some deep growing pains for me oh, it's been yeah there's a dark room session for you right there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is, that's very real. Okay. So I've, you know, I've, I can totally relate to that. I mean, I could, I would say that I've never been a fan of people leaving uh, I've, uh, before being a senior pastor before, find, uh, you know, uh, starting uh, mosaic church, uh, I used to struggle with a different kind of set of insecurities and, and I would, other things would trigger me or trigger whatever, uh, bring out the worst of me. But as soon as I came on and started leading something and founding something, all of a sudden ch things changed. So yeah, people before when I was a, one of the pastors at a church, a large church, people left. I was like, first of all, I didn't even know they left. Second of all, I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. But now I'm like, oh crap or i take <laughs> yeah. it personally i take it personally and i go what did i say what did i do am i not good enough what's going on how could you oh my gosh you suck i mean i'm thinking of all these thoughts like we don't we don't end with your terrible person and good riddance we but we go through all of those right and so right. You, you you're saying it surprised you how intensely you felt that yeah, it totally surprised me. You know, when we first started pastoring, we met with um, this bishop in Pasadena and just to get wisdom from leadership. Um, when we church planted, we didn't know about of any church planting organizations, So we kind of did it on our own and with a church that was pretty much sending us, but it was not sending us with financial support. It was kind of like, oh, let's pour a bucket of oil on you and goodbye. Um, <laughs> so we reached out to people in leadership and this Bishop, Bishop White in Pasadena said to us, hey, listen, here's one of the pieces of advice I can give you that's gonna help you. He said, you don't own people. He said, people, mm. give, you, people give you the privilege of shepherding them. And they mm -hmm. can take that away when they want to. People mm -hmm. will move your, from one church to another. People will leave to another state. People will move to another city. And, and he said, remember to hold people lightly because they're giving you the privilege to shepherd them. So like that really became foundational to me. Like I thought, like, thank you for the privilege of shepherding you in this season, yeah. your family. Like now you're leaving. Goodbye. And so like I felt completely fine with it for so many years but yeah in the last four or five months it's felt it felt like a dagger in my heart <laughs> yeah because it feels like hey this is where i need you this is where we really need you you know this is we're yeah. all going through this such a tra traumatic thing this is where we all huddle together this is not when you 
go off. Right. This, exactly. Right. It, and exactly. It felt like this is the transitions that we are in as a church and the changes that are taking place and the need for deeper discipleship. We need all hands on deck. And so not having all hands on deck, I think, you know, all nothing happens that God is not aware of in our life, in our church, in our ministry. So I've had to lean into the Holy Spirit and be like, hey, guess what? I just remembered something. This is your church. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. mine. It's your church. So these moving pieces are not a surprise to you. So all I'm going to ask is that you give me wisdom to shepherd who's here, right? Like, who are our 300? Who are the people who are going to um, go into the future? Um, right. the, the, the ones that left, that didn't stay with the 300, um, when Gideon was leading, they were all still the people of God. They were just not going to go mm -hmm. into the next. They were not going to be a part of the next story of victory, right? Right, right. right. But they were still men that were men of God. It's just, it wasn't, it's not who they were. And yeah. in this season, I've been like, Lord, show me the people who will, who will run with us, who, yeah. who are going to be um, agents of change in the world that we're in. We want to build discipleship in a new way, and we want to lead people to, um, to really live out their redemptive purpose in their circles of influence. And, and we're not going to be satisfied with creating a church culture that just produces consumer Christianity. Right. So let me ask you, okay, so in terms of our audience, I mean, like, you know, there's all kinds of people listening to this, some are pastors, some are just, you know, leading in different uh, arenas, and some are just, you know, trying to grow in their faith. How, what do you do when, you know, you feel betrayed by people? Um, I, think I mean, that... like not, and not the answer, like, no, what, let me ask you this, what did you feel when you got betrayed by people, how about that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think that it, it, it felt like a betrayal, but if I really look at it, it wasn't a betrayal because they're, they're, they're not leaving. They're not angry. They're just saying like, this isn't for me. I'm going. Um, and they have a right to do that. But I, I literally cried and I can honestly tell you, I'm not a big crier. So, you know, I, I wept. Like I felt a deep sorrow inside of my heart and I reached out to um, a couple of leaders um, who I respect and I thought I need, I need a washing of my soul because yeah. I, can't, I can't move into the future if this stuff is weighing heavy in my spirit. I, I don't want to feel resentment. I don't want to feel angry. I want my soul to be washed through relationships i want to do what i'm asking my church to do which is be in community even when it's hard yeah so i reached out to people who speak the language of leadership and pastoring and i said look <clears throat> i've never felt this way and i i don't want to feel this way so here's how i feel i feel angry i feel sad i feel um alone i feel like some of the people who could have um trailblazed with us in this new mm -hmm. season have have decided um, to take another route that best serves them and guess what they have the right to do that and so I, I I want to release it and it took me confessing that quite a few times like I never thought I'd have to be put through the grinder of that process like um, feeling this sense of 
um, yeah, like abandonment. Like I thought the church, I, this is what literally would go through my head if I could be completely vulnerable. I've been like, I've been your shepherd. I've shepherded your family through sorrow, through pain, through loss. I've walked with you through betrayals. I've walked with you through financial hardship. I've walked with you um, through all kinds of things that I won't mm -hmm. even mention. And you won't even give me a chance. Give us a yeah. chance. Like this is a hard year. Give us a chance to, to lead you and to show you and to shepherd you into a new season. And so when you don't even give me that chance, it felt painful, but again, it's me saying, okay, Lord, um, show me, teach me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you for sharing that because I think that's a very real thing. I mean, I think that people have to understand that, you know, uh, regardless of what arena you're you operate in, when you deal with people and, and they've been with you, there's a sense of, uh, uh, there's a sense of uh, an unwritten contract. Like, hey, you're going to be with me. It's not ride or die, but you're going to ride for a little bit. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be with me. And, uh, and sometimes we don't, you know, have the, we don't define the relationship, but it's kind of understood we, we're in this together. So, when that betrayal happens, it is very real. What, yeah. Have you seen some? You yeah. said to me, you said really something. You said, um, "I don't want. I don't. I need a." You said something about like, "I don't want. I need my. I need a soul cleansing. I need it." Like, why is that important? Have you seen people who who've allowed that in, and then now you see, man, your soul is is kind of messed up a little bit. Yeah, I think that. Um leadership can become a little cynical and we become um these wounds it, it one of my mentors alicia bridgely says that uh, cynicism at its root is an unhealed wound mm -hmm. or like a rotting wound you know and yeah. so if if i allow that to stay in my heart then the people that god begins to trust me with and I'm already thinking like, well, when are you going to leave, you know, <laughs> or yeah, uh, right. how long will you be with us? And how much will I invest in your life um, if I think you're going to leave me? And I don't want to lead that way. I want to lead like wholeheartedly with what we have said for years. Josh and I say this constantly, like, yeah, people are going to leave us, but they're going to leave us better. And they're going to contribute to the kingdom wherever they go, because they will understand um, that we are to be a missional people. So wherever they go, they're not going to go sit. Uh, we, our prayer is that they leave our church and, and congregation and go to another congregation where they're like, hey, we're here to serve. Um, we're here to reach out to the people in the community. This is what, what our pastors taught us to do. Um, so I think that if, if you have an infected wound, then you become cynical. And your heart is so wounded that you're, you're not going to allow yourself to love God's people. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they are his people. They're not yeah. ours. Yeah, man, that's good. I know, you know, like these, all these sessions have gone a different direction, you know, and I feel like, like what you're speaking into, uh, it's really, it's really great. So if you don't mind, I want to jump, I want to get in there a little bit deeper in terms of just this idea of, uh, relationships ending, you know, um, I read a book uh, years ago called Necessary Ending uh, by uh, man, uh, Henry Cloud and um, talking about how some relationships just 
uh, they have to they have to end, you know. So, do, what do you think about that? Do you think that some of these relationships that have ended uh, or have changed uh, some of the, you know, is it a is it? Are you looking as God showed you? Hey, you know, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this in a little bit, or you've already seen. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that this did end because it opened up something else. Yeah, I think that some of that's still a blur. If I could just be completely honest right now, like yeah, there are there are things that in the past when people have left, and I was perfectly fine with them. Um, the people who came in and uh, either took their space or took their space and then like really recreated it in leadership. It was exciting to see. And mm-hmm. it was beautiful. In this season, we, we have a little bit of that. Um, but I feel like we're still going through the process of mm. what that even means. So right now, it's not like, oh, these people left, but look what God is doing now. Like, we're not even there yet. <laughs> that That's like podcast 2.0, Naeem. Like, I'm in the middle of it. So, so I, I could come back and tell you, like, remember when I told you they left? Well, let me tell you what Jesus did after. <laughs> that's just not the case right now. Okay, that's good. I love that. That's uh-uh. awesome. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah, it, it's 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 true. It's true. Uh, and you know, sometimes in uh, in this mess of uh, the times that we're in, is that you don't even know who is who has left, right? Right. <laughs> like you don't even know who's who's left relationship with you, and who's not, or who's just who's just I don't know, just MIA, right? Right. Right. You, we really don't know. Like, even our church has gathered twice. Um, we started our once a month gathering in on Easter Sunday. And so, you know, we probably saw about a third of our congregation come back in person. <clears throat> Many are, we're still saying like, we're not going to gather in person. We'd rather um, still do the online thing. And we're fine with that. Um, but we still don't know who actually is fully um, in our congregation and how many have left to other congregations and then how many have, have left the church period, right? Like there are people, yeah. if they were never in community, if they were never in a life group, that's what we call our community groups. If they were never in a life group, then um, they never actually took the steps to be in a community that they, that they could be accounted for, where there was accountability in their life and there was um, the opportunity for them to grow and for their story to cause others to grow. And so it, right. is unfor- it is unfortunate, you know why? Because for years, we've been telling people to get into these community groups, what we call life groups, because we want them to be accountable and we want their stories to shape the life of other believers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for years, they never listened. Like, obviously, we have people who, who were in community. And when the whole pandemic hit, we were able to stay in touch with our leaders and with all the people in their life groups and just making sure that we were good and if there was any needs that that came up that we could meet as a church. Like then there were people who for years um, they called us pastor, but we, they never went to the green pastures that we offered them. They never drank mm. from the waters that we took them to. They just wanted mm. to experience a Sunday experience once or twice, maybe three times a month, if, if it was a good month for them. And it was it, that consumer Christianity mindset uh, rob them 
of the deeper relationships that they could have with one another, which really is what grows our faith. Hmm. So a lot of those people, we don't know where they are. And some of them felt like, like their arm was twisted into a life group during the pandemic. They were like, oh, <laughs> okay, maybe we should do what pastors have been telling us to do for right, the last right. 10 years, you know? So mm. it's, it's, we have no clue. It, the, those numbers are, yeah, like we, we really don't know, to be honest. So let me ask you this. What if there's someone listening to this and they're one of those people, they've actually left their church that they've been a part of and 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 stop like they're dis they're they've transitioned out or uh they're the people you're talking about <laughs> like right uh what do you wish for them hey if you if you're one of those who have left number one know that people who you've left are grieving you is that valid oh absolutely um because we care for them we care for them as individuals we care for their families we care for their marriages we care for their children and, and i think I would say we want to invite you not to live um, a religious faith. We want you to live uh, an incarnated faith in Jesus. And that means that right. you've got to be willing to make the time and space to press into community. Um, and this is what we always tell. Like, we've been saying this for years. Um, we, we suffer in isolation. We heal in community. We suffer mm. in isolation. We heal in community. And, and really, that's the only way people's lives become whole is in the place where the iron in their life is being sharpened by somebody else so yeah. that they, they are healed. And um, I would say, like, if you thought it was amazing to attend church on a weekend experience and go on with your life without community, wait until you get into a space where other people are praying for you regularly, who are checking up on you, who's lives are going to be impacted by your story and what God is doing in you. You, you want to live out this faith richly, mm. give the body of Christ a chance. And it doesn't have to be my church. It could be Naeem's church because they're pretty awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be, yeah. I mean, you're Charlotte and, uh, you know, California. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, thank you for uh, being uh, super just vulnerable and honest on this because I think sometimes it's even hard for leaders to be honest. It's been great with this session that people on this podcast have been very, very open and honest about uh, things. Uh, so let me ask you this as we kind of bring this to a little bit of a close here. So um, why do you keep doing what you're doing? Like, let me ask you, why do you keep doing what you're doing? And is that connected to... Uh, maybe looking at the landscape of, of churches and leaders like that speaks into one of the biggest challenges right now uh, for leaders. But I really want to, I really want to want you to answer like, why, why, why do you keep doing this? Why don't you just hang it up, yo? Just be done. <laughs> Man, because even in the darkest moments in the darkest rooms, there's this little flame in my heart. And Jeremiah said he had a fire in his bones and I have lived mm -hmm. the fire in my bones um, experiences in my ministry walk with God. But even in the darkest places, I have the little flame in my heart, the flame of the spirit of God that says what I am doing is transforming and healing and um, changing people's lives. And I love that. 
I love being able to witness personally the stories. Like I've met you on some of those really cool, fun stages that we get to speak at, but we don't get to see the transformation, the healing, the mm -hmm. restoration that takes place in the soul of a person because we go and we leave. But I, like my hand is to the plow. I'm gonna work and toil the ground of my city and my community. And when those seeds land, like the joy is when I see something begin to sprout and bring forth life in somebody who would have never known the healing power of Jesus. And mm. it's still real in the middle of the darkest moments, God is still doing, God is still moving the chess pieces of our lives and we get to see his checkmates. And so yeah. I, I am still enamored by the beauty of what the gospel does in people's lives. It doesn't get old name. Hmm. If we are open to seeing God do it in ways that don't look familiar to us. Yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome. Hey, I wanna just say thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for not just this podcast, because uh, of course this has been really a deep conversation and so good, but also for you being you, I know that, uh, We've been friends, but you've been a huge support and inspiring for uh, all of our leaders, uh, especially our ladies, uh, you know, and just being a, a woman in leadership, pioneering the way. I know that besides this pandemic, uh, just being in a space that's, uh, you know, majority male led, you being a courageous yeah. and strong voice is so huge. So uh, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing yeah, what you're friend. doing. Yes, friend. Um, Thank you. Thank you. That's super encouraging. Um, uh, yeah, never. Don't quit. Don't quit. Um, all right. So uh, where can people find you? Are you working on something that you want people, you want to point people to give us your, give us your thing? Yeah. So um, if you want to check out what our church is like, go to life at revive.com. I'm also a founder and co-founder basically of, of Brave Global. Um, I have co-founded that with my friend, Danielle Strickland, and, and we get local uh, churches to connect with girls who are in foster care and on mm. probation in order to prevent human trafficking. And um, yeah, like I- What's I, the website there for that one? Uh, brave, braveglobal.org. Okay. Yeah. And it, you could find it, any connections with it uh, through Instagram as well to me, um, which is Noemi Chavez LBC. And um, yeah, I mean, it's- it's where I am now. Oh, I actually wrote a chapter in one book. It's a beautiful book that's going to be released in 2022. Okay. Along, alongside my friend, Natasha Robinson. And it's over 20 authors, uh, women of color. And it's um, basically, we wrote stories of lament and liturgies and poetry um, through uh, a chapter in the book of Psalms. And it's called uh, Wailing Women stories of lament that have to do with our heritage and heroes of our heritage that oh, are wow. transforming culture and the world um, through history. So it, I am so honored and excited to have written a chapter in that book. And um, so look out for that um, in the future. I'm going to read the book to myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. Oh, man. Hey, this has been a joy. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you, friend. Take care. All right. See you. Bye. Ciao. Man, I can so relate to that. Uh, 
I don't know about you, man, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. I really know what she's talking about in terms of when people leave and the kind of emotions yeah. that kind of creep up. And it's such a true thing. And the fact is that there's so many things and emotions we are going through during this pandemic. And so I'm just glad that she was vulnerable. I hope it's uh, helpful to people. I know that this is, man, struggles are real for everyone. Yeah. So uh, again, sure. again, man, these <laughs> sessions are awesome. Yeah. Yeah definitely so good man and, and if you guys are listening to this um and it has blessed you you like it you're enjoying it uh we have a you know a ton of episodes now that pick your favorite one and share it with somebody today uh go back in the catalog yes share it on your instagram um post a picture tag us we want to you know share this we want your help in sharing this if you're enjoying it and you can like uh subscribe and even follow uh at naeem fazel on uh, Instagram and Facebook and just connect with us there. So we have a few more episodes of the darkroom sessions that, uh, we are excited about, but we also have something coming up right Naeem on the podcast that we're, yes. we're not going to give it away yes. just yet. Don't give it away. Don't be, give it away. All right. I, I'm, I'm excited to, but I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> but stay tuned for that. Yes. And the best way to stay plugged in is being subscribed and following us on social media. So do that. Naeem, I appreciate all you. Right. Great episode, man. Talk to you soon. See you guys. 